0: section 60 of the man who laughs by victor hugo this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by irma martin the man who laughs by victor hugo part two book the third chapter two open air eloquence one very cold and windy evening on which there was every reason why folks should hasten on their way along the street a man who was walking in Torinzo field close under the walls of the tavern stopped suddenly it was during the last months of winter between 1704 and 1705 this man whose dress indicated a sailor was of good mien and fine figure things imperative to courtiers and not forbidden to common folk why did he stop to listen what to? To a voice apparently speaking in the court on the other side of the wall, a voice a little weakened by age, but so powerful notwithstanding that it reached the passer-by in the street, at the same time might be heard in the enclosure from which the voice came the hubbub of a crowd. This voice said, Men and women of London, here I am. I cordially wish you joy of being English. You are a great people. I say more, you are a great populace. Your fisticuffs are even better than your sword-thrusts. You have an appetite. You are the nation which eats other nations, a magnificent function. The suction of the world makes England pre-eminent. As politicians and philosophers in the management of colonies, populations and in industry, and in the desire to do others any harm which may turn to your own good, you stand alone. The hour will come when two boards will be put up on earth, Inscribed on one side, men, on the other, English men. I mention this to your glory, I, who am neither English nor human, having the honor to be a bear. Still more, I am a doctor. That follows: Gentlemen, I teach what? Two kinds of things, things which I know and things which I do not. I sell my drugs and I sell my ideas. Approach and listen. Science invites you. Open your ear. If it is small, it will hold but little truth. If large, a great deal of folly will find its way in. Now then, attention! I teach the Pseudoxia Epidemica. I have a comrade who will make you laugh, but I can make you think. We live in the same box, laughter being of quite as old a family as thought. When people ask Democritus, How do you know? He answered, I laugh. And if I am asked, Why do you laugh? I shall answer, I know. However, I am not laughing. I am the rectifier of popular errors. I take upon myself the task of cleaning your intellects. They require it. Heaven permits people to deceive themselves and to be deceived. It is useless to be absurdly modest. I frankly avow that I believe in providence, even where it is wrong. Only when I see filth, errors are filth, I sweep them away. How am I sure of what I know? That concerns only myself. Everyone catches wisdom as he can. Lactantius asked questions of and received answers from a bronze head of Virgil. Sylvester the Second conversed with birds. Did the birds speak? Did the Pope twitter? That is a question. The dead child of the Rabbi El Kazir talked to Saint Augustine. Between ourselves, I doubt all these facts except the last. The dead child might perhaps talk, because under its tongue it had a gold plate, on which were engraved divers constellations. Thus he deceived people. The fact explains itself. You see my moderation. I separate the true from the false. See? Here are other errors in which no doubt you partake, poor ignorant folks that you are, and from which I wish to free you dioscorides believed that there was a god in the hembane chrysippus in the sinopaste josephus in the root barus homer in the plant moly. they were all wrong the spirits in herbs are not gods but devils i have tested this fact it is not true that the serpent which tempted eve had a human face as cadmus relates garcias de horto cadamosto and John Hugo, Archbishop of Trevis, deny that it is sufficient to saw down a tree to catch an elephant. I incline to their opinion. Citizens, the efforts of Lucifer are the cause of all false impressions. Under the reign of such a prince, it is natural that meteors of errors and of perdition should arise. My friends, Claudius Pulcher did not die because the fowls refused to come out of the fowl-house. The fact is that Lucifer, having foreseen the death of Claudius Pulcher, took care to prevent the birds' feeding. That Beelzebub gave the emperor Vespasian the virtue of curing the lame and giving sight to the blind by his touch was an act praiseworthy in itself, but of which the motive was culpable. Gentlemen, distrust those false doctors who sell the root of the bryony and the white snake, and who make washes with honey and the blood of a cock see clearly through that which is false it is not quite true that orion was the result of a natural function of jupiter the truth is that it was mercury who produced this star in that way it is not true that adam had a navel when st george killed the dragon he had not the daughter of a saint standing by his side st jeremy had not a clock on the chimney piece of his study First, because living in a cave, he had no study. Secondly, because he had no chimney-piece. Thirdly, because clocks were not yet invented. Let us put these things right. Put them right. O oh, gentlefolks who listen to me, if anyone tells you that a lizard will be born in your head if you smell the herb valerian, that the rotting carcass of the ox changes into bees and that of the horse into hornets, that a man weighs more when dead than when alive, that the blood of the he-goat dissolves emeralds, that a caterpillar, a fly, and a spider, seen on the same tree, announces famine, war, and pestilence, that the falling sickness is to be cured by a worm found in the head of a buck, do not believe him. These things are errors. But now listen to truths. The skin of a sea-calf is a safeguard against thunder. The toad feeds upon earth, which causes a stone to come into his head. The rose of Jericho blooms on Christmas Eve. Serpents cannot endure the shadow of the ash-tree. The elephant has no joints, and sleeps resting upright against a tree. Make a toad sit upon a cock's egg, and he will hatch a scorpion which will become a salamander. A blind person will recover sight by putting one hand on the left side of the altar and the other on his eyes. Virginity does not hinder maternity. Honest people, lay these truths to heart. Above all, you can believe in providence in either of two ways, either as thirst believes in the orange or as the ass believes in the whip. NOW I AM GOING TO INTRODUCE YOU TO MY FAMILY. HERE A VIOLENT GUST OF WIND SHOOK THE WINDOW FRAMES AND SHUTTERS OF THE INN, WHICH STOOD DETACHED. IT WAS LIKE A PROLONGED MURMUR OF THE SKY. THE ORATOR PAUSED A MOMENT AND THEN RESUMED. AN INTERRUPTION. VERY GOOD. SPEAK, NORTH WIND. GENTLEMEN, I AM NOT ANGRY. THE WIND IS loquacious, LIKE ALL SOLITARY CREATURES there is no one to keep in company up there so he jabbers i resume the thread of my discourse here you see associated artists we are for a lupo principium i begin by my friend who is a wolf he does not conceal it see him he is educated grave and sagacious Providence, perhaps, entertained for a moment the idea of making him a doctor of the university, but for that one must be rather stupid, and that he is not. I may add that he has no prejudices, and is not aristocratic. He chats sometimes with bitches, he who, by right, should consort only with she-wolves. His heirs, if he have any, will no doubt gracefully combine the yap of their mother with the howl of their father, because he does howl he howls in sympathy with men he barks as well in condescension to civilization a magnanimous concession homo is a dog made perfect let us venerate the dog the dog curious animal sweats with its tongue and smiles with its tail gentlemen homo equals in wisdom and surpasses in cordiality the hairless wolf of mexico the wonderful solosaniski i may add that he is humble he has the modesty of a wolf who is useful to men he is helpful and charitable and says nothing about it his left paw knows not the good which his right paw does these are his merits of the other my second friend i have but one word to say he is a monster you will admire him HE WAS FORMERLY ABANDONED BY PIRATES ON THE SHORES OF THE WILD OCEAN. THE THIRD ONE IS BLIND. IS SHE AN EXCEPTION? NO. WE ARE ALL BLIND. THE MISER IS BLIND. HE SEES GOLD AND HE DOES NOT SEE RICHES. THE PRODIGAL IS BLIND. HE SEES THE BEGINNING AND DOES NOT SEE THE END. THE COQUETTE IS BLIND. SHE DOES NOT SEE HER WRINKLES. THE LEARNED MAN IS BLIND. HE DOES NOT SEE HIS OWN IGNORANCE the honest man is blind he does not see the thief the thief is blind he does not see God God is blind the day that he created the world he did not see the devil manage to creep into it I myself am blind I speak and do not see that you are deaf this blind girl who accompanies us is a mysterious priestess Vesta has confided to her her torch she has in her character depths as soft as a division in the wool of a sheep. I believe her to be a king's daughter, though I do not assert it as a fact. A laudable distrust is the attribute of wisdom. For my own part, I reason and I doctor. I think and I heal. Charurga sum. I cure fevers, miasmas, and plagues. Almost all our melancholy and sufferings are issues which, if carefully treated, relieve us quietly from other evils which might be worse. All the same, I do not recommend you to have an anthrax, otherwise called carbuncle. It is a stupid malady and serves no good end. One dies of it, that is all. I am neither uncultivated nor rustic. I honor eloquence and poetry and live in an innocent union with these goddesses. I conclude by a piece of advice. Ladies and gentlemen, on the sunny side of your dispositions, cultivate virtue, modesty, honesty, probity, justice, and love. Each one here below may thus have his little pot of flowers on his window-sill. My lords and gentlemen, I have spoken. The play is about to begin. The man, who was apparently a sailor, and who had been listening outside, entered the lower room of the inn crossed it, paid the necessary entrance money, reached the courtyard which was full of people, saw at the bottom of it a caravan on wheels, wide open, and on the platform an old man dressed in a bearskin, a young man looking like a mask, a blind girl, and a wolf. "'Gracious heaven!' he cried. "'What delightful people!' End of Section 60